Hello and welcome to the Help My Unbelief podcast, the number one Christian podcast designed for the unbeliever. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Help My Unbelief podcast, which is the number one podcast designed for you, the unbeliever, or even if you're not an unbeliever and you're just tuning in um, to listen to a Christian podcast, thank you so much for being here. I'm here with my co-host, Larry. I call him Lair Bear. Can I call you Lair Bear? No. Okay. Well, um, we are so excited to bring you this um, this network, this podcast that is designed for an unbeliever, a person that doesn't believe in God. Um, I feel like in Christian media, there's this big hole, and I've t- I've talked to you about this so many times, but I, I just want to keep saying that that like I want to make it clear, I'm not talking crap on Christian media. I'm not saying anything bad because I think it is necessary, and I think it's necessary in Very bulk, much so. but. Um, what you don't see is you you see in Christian media that it's always designed for a person that already believes in God, and so I wanted to design a network that for a person that doesn't believe in God, or for a person that um, for a person that like like now you know what I'm seeing a lot of that didn't really you either did believe in God back in the day or you didn't, but now you're getting a lot of people that's like oh I've just never really even thought about it like it's just it's not even a thought in their head whether a God exists or not so. This podcast is designed um, for you, the person that's struggling in your faith, that doesn't believe that God exists, an agnostic or anything else. If you believe in a different religion other than Christianity, we want to talk to you. We just want to interview you. Um, we don't want to debate you. We don't want to. Um, we don't want to drag argue. you down, argue or anything. Um, if you know, so we we just want to talk to you. We want to interview. We we want to hear your story and. Um, so we're going to be reaching out to a bunch of people, but this week it's going to be for you to get to know your hosts, um, me and Larry. My name's Zach, by the way, um, if you don't know me, which I'm, most of you do because I'm super famous, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm a whole lot less famous, but they call me Larry. <laughs> <laughs> I have 1,200 followers on TikTok, thank you. <laughs> no, I have none. Well, you're going to. You're going to. That's why week. I got so excited about this when Zach came to me, is simply because... I do really like to witness to people. I like to share God's love with others as we go throughout the day, just a normal day. You really do. God gives me an opportunity to share his love each and every day. My wife and I do pray together in the morning before she goes to work. Uh, She's got to be there like 530 in the morning. So we pray really early before we start our day that God gives us an opportunity to share his love through every day. Yeah. And he has given us opportunity after opportunity. Yeah. So it's it's an amazing What's cool about what's cool about this what I love the most and we just prayed about this is um I just found this out about you the other day which by the way um by the way Larry and I I would consider Larry my friend now but we haven't known each other for very long and over the course of the last month that we've been um getting to know each other I've purposely stopped any conversation about his or my testimony um, about how we came to know God or anything, because I wanted that conversation to be here today and authentic. So, um, because I don't like having a conversation twice unless it is authentic, you know, unless we do rehash something, if it's designed that way, but like, I'm genuinely excited to get to know you more today because we've purpose. And it's almost like, 
You ever watched a fight or something like a, a, a hype, like a boxing match or something, and they have those um, they have those pre-tapes and it's, they, they hype it up for a month? That kind of feels like this now. Like, I'm excited that we get the opportunity. Like, we don't have any rules now. We can get to know each other, and it's going to be done right here. Well, the weird thing is finding out that we have a lot of connections that we didn't even know about having. I know. I worked with I mean, your son-in-law. Like, That's yeah. crazy. What other, We had one more, too, didn't we? You have one with Brandon, which is a friend of mine as well, from our church. Yeah, Brandon We, we both go to the same church, and uh, it's pretty amazing that God sent you to talk to me before yeah. we ever even knew that we had a connection. Yeah. Or an opportunity to, I mean, I don't know anything about doing these podcasts, or I'll, I'll say all the old words like on air. Um he reminds me of that he's a lot younger than i am yeah uh, he's same age as my kids well he so. and he reminds me that i'm a lot shorter than he is too uh, i mean how this started for me is i've been producing podcasts there some of you i'm sure um are gonna know me from the past as some of you are gonna come over from things that i've done in the past and i thank you for that um you guys mean the world to me for being loyal and coming over and following me and what i've done and into this because i know some of you are going to be here from that um, but even me and my wife talked before, whenever I was producing these podcasts for other people or doing my own, um, worldly podcast, um, I was like, maybe God's, cause I taught myself how to do all this, like from the internet and stuff. You can ask my wife, like I, I, there was that one point I didn't know. I was like, there's, this is so difficult learning how to read audio waves and stuff like that. It's just, I was like, I told my wife, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And I was like, well, maybe God's wanting me to learn this so I can do a Christian podcast someday. And then what is it? Three, four years later, we're sitting here today doing it. Actually doing a Christian podcast. Yeah. And God woke me up in the middle of the night um, several months ago. I don't know how many months ago, but several months ago. And I went and wrote down in a notebook, the Help My Unbelief podcast. And here we are. And it's just... Um, I didn't know that it was going to be designed for an unbeliever at the time. It, it materialized more recently, that did. Um, so I don't know, man, I'm just, like I said, I'm just so excited. I think it's probably going to get ugly. Um, we are going to, we're going to be in a war zone sometimes, but that's the thing I don't want to do is, um, a lot of atheists and Christians, well, anybody that's on two separate sides of, of any ball field whatsoever. I mean, even when I was a cop, right. Deputies and police officers, you weren't supposed to get along because you're like in two different, like, you know, it's weird. I know, but, um, a lot of them didn't get along or highway patrol and city cops didn't really get along all the time. So um, I can see that there's probably going to be some sort of division um, between us and atheists or people who don't believe. But um, I, I want to, my goal is to show you that we're all on the same team. We're all on the same team. We're all just trying to um, do what's best and nobody wants to go to hell. Nobody wants to live in torment or, or be in, um, be hurt. Nobody wants to, um, do the wrong thing. Everybody wants to do the right thing. I think, I think that's true, right? That everybody at least it's actually to. embedded in you from birth in all honesty. Yeah. You know, that was part of what God actually put in you. Yeah. Is to do the right thing where it comes into the wrong side is our own personal nature, our own um, desires. Yeah. Yeah. Our desires, our sinful desires, and then our, our pride and our will starts stepping in on that. And it kind of takes us away from that. 
Yeah. So I genuinely believe that um, that um, we're going to be able to uh, make friends with a lot of atheists, a lot of unbelievers, and hopefully, hopefully, um, we can. Um, show you that there is evidence that our God exists, that Jesus exists, and the fact that he is still alive and he is going to come back someday and reign. And we hope you can convince that because we feel like there's overwhelming evidence that it is the absolute truth. And, um, but we're, we're, like I said, we're not going to, we're not going to hammer that on you either. You know what I mean? We're just going to have a conversation with you and we're going to tell you um, how we came to know it and and things that we've learned. And then if you come with us, great, but you're going to have to decide on your own because I'm not going to beat it. I'm not going to beat you with it. So anyway, with that being said, welcome to the show. We're not going to mess around anymore. We're going to get started. We're going to, we're going to go to war. We're going to get started here. So I want to take this time to get to know Larry now and he get to know me. So I want to know first, want to know first, how long have you been a Christian? I was raised in the church. Okay. I can actually say I went to the church before I was born because my mom went to church while, I, while she was pregnant with me. Um, so I was raised in the church. The first 18 years of my life was in the church. And, of course, you know, I got married at 18. I moved out of the house, did my thing. You got married at 18? I got married 11 days after I turned 18. So you, you were dating the girl before that, obviously, right? Yeah. And then you're just waiting for you to be 18, and then boom, you got like... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she was our... Um, we were we went to the same school. Yeah, okay. Right? High school, sweetheart. Mm, yeah. We met in October of my senior year. Oh, Good Lord, that was quick, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably why it didn't work, yeah, huh? that's probably why it didn't work. Yeah. yeah, but it did work. I mean, if you stop and think about it, it did work. I have two daughters, and um, I couldn't do without. Philosophical. You just got philosophical. Mm-hmm. It did work, yeah. Okay, yeah, so... See, it worked for God's benefit that I didn't even realize at that time. So... We won't go there. You fell away for a little while um, from the faith, Went after I take my own it. thing. Yeah, so... Uh, how, like, when, when did you start kind of falling away from God? Or had, did you always believe you were saved or that you were a Christian and stuff? Or, or like, like what, what was the thought process? Or did you forget about God for a while? Like, take me through what happened when you started to fall away. What did that look like? Man, my own desires, big time. We, I was awarded the opportunity to become a manager at a, I don't want to say the the company's name, but at, at a pizza place. At a pizza place. Yeah. Okay. So I started off like, you know, right after I turned 18, now I got my apartment. We just got married. I mean, it's like fast, fast, fast. Um, I got a job as a manager at a pizza place, went through the training and headed off to, uh, they actually gave me a, maybe assistant manager at a town far away from mom. So now I'm away from mom. I'm away from her influence. My dad, I'm away from him. Um, Where they, they helped you um, stay together essentially, like keep well, you like good, I should say. Did they help you keep, keep you good when they were around? Yeah. Mom. Were they like hardcore Christians? I'll see you at church. Oh yes, very much so. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Dad was a Sunday school superintendent. Mom was a Christian mother that stayed home. Nice. So, 
you know, when counselors called her from school, she knew which child instantly, and she they called her by her first name. So you started working so, at this pizza we, place, and you moved away from them, and then... And we moved then, to another city 80, 80, 85 miles away, so we... Um, I had work to do. I started let the first thing really were, that started interfering was working on Sunday. When I was uh, in, living at home, mom never allowed us to work on Sunday, period. No that matter was, what, yeah. That was a period thing. I mean, nothing. You didn't okay. work during school and you didn't work, you know. Yeah. At that time. So, of course. Um, so the first thing is as a manager, you work on Sunday. Especially I was an assistant manager, not a manager, but at that time. Uh, so here I thought everything was going great. So you start getting prideful. You start getting uh, full of yourself, full of your own abilities. And mom, when she talked to me on the phone, which that this was before cell phones and long distance was a real thing. So it cost me a lot of money to call and talk to mom. I'm just going to uh, tell you. So you hardly talked to her. That's so, crazy. Yeah, yeah. We'd, we'd, we'd come up to the city every once in a while to visit her parents and my parents, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, then through the process of moving back to Oklahoma city, um, they transferred me back to Oklahoma city situations. The way we got married wasn't really all that great. Um, I switched to a, I got out of that job and started doing stonemason for a while. And actually, no, I went to another, I went to another place as a manager. I'm trying to figure this all in my head. You kind of caught me off guard. I yeah. Prepare. <laughs> um, so I may skip, I'm just going to skip over some stuff. My first wife and I decided to go our separate ways. She brought me the paperwork for, you know, cause we didn't have kids at the time. So how, we, how old were you when you guys, um, separated? How old were you? Do you think? 20. It, now you're you're married again. So how long have, how long have you been married to her? I don't. I mean, I Darcy. How long have you current? Been yeah, we have been married eight and a half years. Oh, nice. Okay, so yeah, we've been together okay. like fourteen. So, and you've mentioned me before. This is how I know it. So you you developed an alcohol problem, correct? You developed an alcohol problem, and that's kind of what pulled you away from. I Donna. developed a like for alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I mean, just at, to, at that time, I'm was, not trying to catch anything because I had no, I had one too. At that time, it wasn't out of control. At okay. That time it was when you were married to your first one. Yeah. But back then, through the first marriage, I was pretty heavy into marijuana, which at that time was not as rampant as it is now legally. Uh, so, I mean, it's probably the most marijuana is probably the most accepted drug, right? Now, even now, yeah. Probably, well, other than prescription drugs, but. Back then, it was, I'd trying to reveal myself without, <laughs> it, doesn't, hey, it doesn't really matter. It's part of my so testimony. I, I want the Let's audience do. to know that. The the actual fact of that was I started smoking a little bit of dope in high school, and then it progressed to where I now I'm in my own house. I'm under my own control. I smoked it in the morning before I went anywhere. I smoked it at lunchtime. I smoked it during the evening and before I went to bed. So pretty much I was never not high, but I operated in that frame. So I was a, um, functional addict. Yeah. Okay. Now, and I can say that some of the stuff back then probably wasn't nearly as strong as it is now. No, because it's it, not. It, we didn't have uh, chemical enhancements back then. 
Um, so through all of this, you know, P tests weren't that big of a deal back then. They were just now starting to come on, or I'm sorry, your analysis tests were not that um, prevalent. You can say P test. It sounds way better. Your okay. your <laughs> your urination analysis sounds super boring. <laughs> this is a podcast. We yeah, say P test. You. Yeah. Um. So I didn't really have to hide it until my first wife and I split up. And when we split up, she brought me the divorce paperwork. We went to the tag agency, and they notarized my signature. And then. It wasn't uh, shortly after that I got a girlfriend and then got in a lot of trouble and wait I, you got in trouble you've been to you got you went to jail no no not at that time no okay let me I'm gonna explain something to you for all the viewers okay Larry's never been on a podcast ever in his entire life so he is literally bearing his soul. In, we're in a church right now recording this. We're in our church right now. And we we are he we're bear, he's bearing his soul to people he doesn't know. He doesn't know you from Adam. In fact, there's probably several of you that I don't know from Adam. And so you gotta remember, he's doing really well for being on podcast the first time. So we gotta give him a minute because he's looking at me like I can't believe you're asking me this on air. <laughs> but well, give him a minute. We'll we'll get it out of him. Yeah. We'll get it, it out it of him. It works. I I'm the girlfriend that I had had a, um, a lust for somebody else. And here's the thing. I was consumed by the lust. I can see this now. I couldn't see that then. So I was a stoner that was consumed by lust. I, and I drank a lot. That kind of covers several of y'all out there. Just trust me. Um, but I wasn't going forward with a lot of different avenues that I should have like I shouldn't I should have gotten to college or whatever so I decided at the breakup of this particular girlfriend and I had just gotten over gotten through a divorce so I was like man I just want to get out of here for a while so I did what every 20 year old 20 21 year old by that time um kind of does when they get overwhelmed I wanted to get out of the state but I had to be paid for getting out of the state so I joined the air force reserves Ah, yeah. Went to basic. And uh, I did a lot of uh, experimental drugs so that I could say I did just before I went to basic so that, you know. Um, you did you did the hallucinogens and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Set a new record on Defender, which was a video game back then. Uh, on acid? Crank, cranked out, yes. Cranked out. No kidding. Yeah. That's I've never done hallucinogens and there's a reason why I haven't. It's because I have like an anxious um demeanor and I know for a fact I would have been like scary zombies and stuff like that. Yeah, so, it was a little hard to handle back then. Really? Just a tad. Were you were you an arrogant guy back then? Oh, very much so. No, no, I was not conceited at all. I was convinced. Oh, there's a difference. Okay. There you go. <laughs> or at least in my mind. So, yeah. Uh, I was pretty bad yeah so you got uh, on you got on yeah, a bunch hair, of drugs my, my hair was down about mid back in the air force no no, no you no. had to cut your I, hair then yeah, right this was just before i stepped okay in. so you go to the air force you're doing a you're doing a bunch of drugs in the air force now what well no let's not say i did a bunch of drugs in the air force i did a bunch of drugs and then i went to basic oh okay okay and then I went to tech school. Statute of limitations past the Air Force. Isn't yeah, no, no. Either. But it does matter because I 
did the drugs knowing that I wasn't ever going to get a chance to do them again. Right, because the Air Force is going to lock you down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, gotcha. I wasn't thinking about God during that time. I was thinking about the next girl, and I was thinking about, well, I just locked myself up and for six weeks in basic, and then I had 13 weeks of tech school. Isn't it funny how you're right in the middle of your sin and stuff, and you don't think about God, but then every now and then you think about God, and you go, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I forgot. And then you and then you grace pass and go, I wonder if this is okay what I'm doing. Yeah, man, like, no, no, probably not. No, Let's no, go. No. God, God was the furthest, yeah. furthest from my mind at that yeah. time. It was all about me. And so I got down to basic and I in high school I played a trumpet. Um and that plays into this that in basic they asked us if we played an instrument. I said I played a trumpet, so they sent me to a different flight. And made me part of the Drum and Bugle Corps. Okay. So, in the Drum and Bugle Corps, in BASIC, the whole idea behind BASIC is they separate men from women, period. Okay? Uh-huh. So, you're six weeks without any women around, and they put me in a flight with women. Because in the Drum and Bugle Corps, it's co-ed. At that time, this is 83, beginning of 83, January. And... uh when they put me in the drum and, drum and bugle corps, we have a whole like seven, eight women that are in that as well. Yeah. So I never had the separation from women other than, you know, there were rules and regulations that we really had to be careful on. Yeah. Yeah. So we could go dance. When we had our downtime, we could go, we couldn't drink. Um, and I say drink. Why'd you do that? Because you. You could drink, but you couldn't just get wasted. No, you couldn't drink. Oh, but you did. Okay. All right. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. I definitely did. Okay. You couldn't go off base, but they did have, a, have an airman's club that we were allowed to go to. So we could dance, but we weren't allowed to touch. And there were, there were literally people around us that made sure that you didn't touch. So I showed a lot of women how to, or I showed several women, not a lot. I showed several women how to dance without touching what is that okay what are you getting at here there wasn't very much space in between us okay gotcha and i wasn't that good of a dancer but i was older than all these see i'm 21 2021 you have kids you had kids and most most of these girls and and guys were 18 years old yeah so i was like one of the old people did you have kids at this point no. in the Air Force? No, no not yet? Okay. Not yet, no. Cool. Um, and then, so... My first daughter was born in 84, though. Really? <laughs> February. Me, 85. That, I'll, I'll explain that here in a minute. Okay, so you're in the Air Force. You're doing, you're doing a bunch of drugs. God was farthest from your mind. So then what? You, you, you get out of the Air Force? Well, I, I went to basic, and then I went to tech school. Yeah. For your there's, job, there's more women, and you're a, you're able to after first two weeks there, after basic, then you're able to go off base and stuff like that. So, so, so far we're at drugs, now, alcohol, now I'm and a women. Long way. I'm in a different state from my mom. Yeah, I'm older than most of the people around me. I'm more experienced than everyone around me, with the exception of a couple of people that were being retrained into my career field. I am a now, I, because I entered a critical career field, I'm actually above them in rank as well. Oh. So right. it's like bang, 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 you know. Um, 
way too much fun. Yeah. Way too much. It, it's, so, like, so far, it's like what I hear about people going to college. Yeah. And kind of going Except on crazy. steroids, yeah. I'm kind of crazy in the military. So, so far we're at drugs, alcohol, and women. So, like, by the time we get to my testimony, I'm just going to be like, samesies. Because it's just like, it's <laughs> like. Well, it's typically what you find yourself doing as a young person. Yeah. Finding yourself. And yeah. some of us, it takes a whole long time. Oh, man. Yourself. Like, that's the thing about me that I keep telling people. is like, I'm 37 years old, and I feel like just now I'm starting to be like, time to grow up. Yep. It's like I'm already halfway through my life. It's like, man. Well, when I come back to Oklahoma after tech school, it was, I actually bought a car so that I could drive because I don't like to fly. I, 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 it's not like I panic or anything. It's just I'm a control freak, and I don't. I'm not in control. You don't like, yep. So I I'm don't the like the same to fly. way, dude. Okay. So I bought a car and I drove it home. Yeah. And I had been talking to my parents every week or so. I'd make a phone call from the pay phones up there and talk to them. And my ex-wife, because I'd signed the paperwork, my ex-wife would be there sometimes with my younger sister and she would be on the phone talking to me and we had agreed that I already had a job lined up that I had before I left. This is a few days less than six months that I've been gone. I know that I have a job and I just didn't have a place to stay. So she said, well, why don't you stay with me until you get a place? Right. Yeah. It's like, Bounce her back in with an ex-girlfriend, right? So, we all know, you know where this is going. Okay. Thing. Yeah, right. So apparently she got pregnant with my oldest daughter on the first week I was home. It's possible. Well, it was a panic mode for me. Yeah. You know, because I'm like, I didn't think I could have kids. I really honestly did not think so, I could have kids. And to back why? up because, now. Why? Because you had had neither, sex with so many neither females? Neither one of my brothers have children because they can't. And I honestly thought that I could not. You thought you couldn't because you had sex with so many females and nobody got pregnant and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. So th- then you got pregnant with her. So then you guys decided to, do you guys get married again? That is when she tells me she actually never filed the paperwork that I signed. So I had uh, never actually been divorced. Ah. Uh, so what did we do? We just stayed married. Yeah, we stayed married. And then you had how many kids with her? Two. Two? Yeah. Desiree, um, I don't mean to give her out her name. Um, my second one came just shortly after that. Yeah. Uh, she was born in 85. Hey, just to let you know, you might as well be as open as you can on here, even names and stuff, because if people really wanted to find it out, they would. Yeah, well. <laughs> That's why I, I'll I say. I haven't talked to them about this yet, so. I, oh, you haven't? Yeah, no. They don't know that dad's doing this right now. Okay, so you have two kids total, though, right? right? And we were together about seven years before we ended up getting a divorce. Af- the, an actual divorce, An actual right? divorce, yeah. And then so how long How long um, after you got a divorce from her did you meet Darcia, or did you have another oh. wife in between there? Oh, man. Um, You've got a lot. It's long. Darcia is my fourth wife. No kidding. Really? Mm-hmm. You're slummed up. Oh, hold on. Okay, let me. I'm going to ask a general question. A general question here. Because I, pro- I probably have the same answer. That, oh, now, in in your divorces, do you feel like you had a lot to do with it? 
or it was the women that had a lot to do with it? Were you like the problem in these relationships or was it the women? Accountability check. Number one, definitely me. Okay. Definitely me. I could keep my eyes off the women. Yeah. Uh, You know, I mean, I had literally gone back to the marijuana. Yeah. Um, Look, I know that the Lord was protecting me even then. And I'm going to say this, and it's, thank goodness I've been out of the reserves for a long time. But even, even the military couldn't get me to stay off drugs. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it wasn't drugs, drugs. It was just the marijuana. But I was a constant user of that. Yeah. Um, so... Being in the reserves is a lot, be- lot different than being in the active duty. However, you still get tested. I never once had a test in the military with the exception of the one that when I first went in. And they had asked me if I'd use marijuana, and I said, yeah, sure. You know, just, Did you fail it? or um, Well, they found traces of it. But, but you, they passed you through? Yeah, I told them, yeah, man, we did a party. Okay, so skip forward. I want to skip forward. Skip the, okay, now we know you have multiple wives and that you're Slumdog, right? We got that. I'm going to call, now, instead of calling you Lair Bear, I'm going to call you Slumdog Lair or Lair well, the, the Slumdog. The reason I said you can't use Larry Bear is because my aunt uses that. Oh, uh, okay. So, okay, so now we're going to move forward, skip forward to when you met Darcia. Now, when you met Darcia, oh, which is your current a, wife, right? What a beautiful woman. She is very pretty. She is a, yes. Okay, so. I didn't have the right intent when I met her. No? What do you mean? Uh, oh, like it was all visual uh, on my her. Goodness, yes. Okay, so, so you met Darcia. The fortunate thing is that I still feel that way about her after 14 years. That's good. She is, and then now her inside is more pretty than her outside. Yeah. And her I haven't got the chance hot. to got to, my wife has got to know her a lot more than, than I have, but it's in my wife loves her. So, um, so you meet her, are you still in active addi- addiction when you meet Dar- Darcia? No, you're not, you, you have, you weren't in active no, addiction. We have to go back to wife number two for that. Okay. So you have been, you're completely sober when you meet Darcia? No, I was on alcohol. On alcohol. But I didn't okay. do drugs. I had hoard drugs by that time. Were you an alcoholic, though? Were you abusing alcohol when you met Darcia? I'm thinking that answer through because I truthfully do not feel that alcohol had that much control over me. At that time, I drank when it was opportune to drink. I did not go to work drunk. See, that's why, like... Like all my friends told me I wasn't an alcoholic. I haven't drank in four years, by the way. I quit. But the reason why I think I was an alcoholic was because there were, there was a time where right when, like a year before I was trying to quit, where I would tell myself in the morning when I woke up, when I went to work or something, which I'd only drink like a six pack or eight pack or drink eight or 12 or something like that, which I mean, I guess is quite a bit. But I would wake up in the morning and be like, okay, no more. I'm never drinking again. But then I'd go drink again that night. So I felt like it had some level of control over me. If we go back to wife number two briefly, um, she told me that I couldn't be with her if I smoked pot because her brother-in-law was a heavy-duty user and she couldn't stand it. I could not because of my mother. So technically, I gave it up for love. Because of my mother, um, 
because of my mother growing up and the like the the pain that marijuana caused us, I would never I could never be with someone that did marijuana ever. Well, sometimes that that's what defines us. But so my second wife and I were partiers. I mean, we were at the bar on Wednesday night. We were at the bar on Saturday night, and yeah. Friday night, you know, and all that. Of course, she had a daughter, so we didn't go as much as if we would have been. But we could take them over to her grandma's and drop her off, you know. Yeah. Until we settled down, actually got married, and then decided to start a family and had my third child. Yeah. So, but I quit marijuana for her. I mean, for love. I can say for love. Um, dropped it completely off. You haven't used it since? Nope. Nice. No. Okay, so okay, let me let let me let me let's go back to where you met Darcy. We're, not not marijuana. I'll go there later. But okay, so by the time um I'm trying to I'm trying to cycle in. Okay. So here's what we've determined because here's the here's the deal. In this in this podcast, I don't want to go too far into our full testimonies okay. because it's going to reveal itself over time. But okay. what I'm trying to establish with you right now is I'm trying I to establish the fact that you have you have struggled with women, um, you struggle with lust, and you have um, and you struggle with alcohol or drug and alcohol abuse in the past, right? But you say alcohol, maybe not so much, right? Um, so not at that time. So now I'm trying to, um, so when you met Darcia, were you already as in love with, well, not, okay, so it's grown, but were you already kind of starting your journey into, um, becoming sanctified for Christ? Um, no, no, you weren't. No, I was a biker. You were a biker. Okay. I met her in a bar. You met Darcia at a bar. I saw her across the bar taking a bite of a hamburger you're, fell instantly in love with her and your I, profile picture on facebook is still of you and her in a bar isn't it or is that her no, facebook my profile picture i think is that okay right maybe, here at this church maybe is it yours and is darcia's Darcy, am i in the ou shirt yeah is that at a bar yeah yeah if i'm in the ou shirt then yes yeah I'll, i should have her change it it's been brought Who up cares? before. Well, because it's been brought up before. But I before. like it. I like it that, like, I... I'm no longer a OU fan. Really? No. That's weird. Mm, That's suspicious. I don't watch football, but we can go into that at another time. Okay. All right. So, anyway, so you... Was Darcia a Christian at the time? Negative. No. Okay. So, she wasn't a Christian at all. She didn't believe... All, no. God, she didn't believe God existed well, at all? I think she knew God existed. But her only experience as a child growing up was occasionally her dad would take her to a tent revival. Okay. And she occasionally went with her friend to a Baptist church that was her high school friend. And she pretty much made fun of her because she would, went to church. Yeah. But she would go to have to get away from her dad for a while. Okay. So what I'm trying to get to is um, I want to know, I want to get into the story now of how you became to where you the guy I know right now, when did that, I want to know when you started, like when you decided to devote your life to God, you committed your life to God and then how you became the guy I know now over the last, what, six years, you said five, six years. Um, how did you become that guy? When did that start? And, and give me the origin story of that. In about 2003, um, I lived with my mom while I was on the road as a truck driver and I was in the middle of my third marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lived there to help take care of bills. Mom was taking care of grandma. 
So when we were home, I mean, I had just gone through the divorce with three and we were still fighting all through this paperwork and stuff. And mom said that wife number three and I couldn't live in the same house if we weren't married under her roof. We can do whatever we want to over here, but we're not going to do that under her roof. So we got married. Okay. Okay. That's wife number three. That didn't last nearly as long because she thought she could tell mom what to do, and that was not happening. Um, so I went to church on Sunday with my mom at that time. Didn't really give myself over to the Lord. I still had control, okay? But yeah. I was, I was there at the church. This is no different than when I was in the, uh, high school. Okay. Okay, except I was an adult, and I greeted a little bit, you know? Um, okay. I, I really liked the pastor at that particular time. So when wife number three left me, I was at my, I was working in Chickasha, which was, I was driving down between Bethany and Chickasha every day. That's like 40 miles. And I was on a bike. Yeah. Every day. Wow. Rain, snow, didn't matter. I was on a bike. Scary. Yeah. You go 80 miles an hour down a turnpike when it's, when it's 19 degrees outside. Dude, Think no about thanks. the wind chill. No, <laughs> okay. thanks. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, through all of that, that was, I guess, the, the return, but I didn't commit. When that divorce happened, I had just started to get to know Darcia. So, yes, technically I was still married to number three. Three when, when you I met, met Darcia. Darcia. Okay. And so she knew my third wife, and my third wife knew her husband kind of thing. I and mean, this is know, here? Yeah, and this, we like, knew each other. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, through that, we kind of sort of – her husband was building a motorcycle. Okay? Whose husband? I'm Darcia's? sorry, dear. I'm going there. Darcia's husband was building a motorcycle and was having if issues with it. And so I could be close to her. I went and bought a book on how to wire a motorcycle. Uh-huh. And went over there and gave him the book and made an agreement to go meet him on Saturday and work on this bike at his house. Because that, that, we'd hung out together at the bar playing, yeah. playing pool and whatnot. And uh, so... That wasn't a big deal. When I went over there, Darcia goes, so where is is your third wife? I'm not going to use her name. And I said, I don't know. You tell me, and we'll both know. Because she left on Thursday, and I ain't seen her since or heard from her. Yeah. You know, so here it is on Saturday morning, and we're working on the bike. I was over there all day long. Darcia didn't talk to me more than a smidge. Um, technically she didn't really like me. I was pretty arrogant. I was pissed off at the time. So I was kind of arrogant and anyway, we got the bike running. Um, yeah. So that made us kind of sort of friends. She did not, the guy built a rigid with a single seat and he had a wife, man. I had a road king. Yeah. Comfortable. Yeah. Right. So he's like, come on over. I'm like, I gave Darcia a ride down the street and back. Yeah. And oh, she freaking out back there. And, and anyway, it ended where we ran around together all the time. We were connected. She rode on my bike. He rode his bike. Yeah. Men, 
never let your women ride behind somebody else. Period. Right. That does sound like a, some sort of motorcycle code. Even yeah, I could do. I can pick that up. Never let it happen. So what? So what ended up happening? She fell in love with you and decided she was going to leave her husband for you. I fell in love with her. Okay. Her husband was already cheating on her. Oh, okay. So it was just kind of was it amicable or did it get her pretty husband, ugly? Her husband kept pushing us together because he was cheating on her. Yeah. Ah, uh, so he was doing it on purpose, like get like. Yeah. Oh. I okay. Mean, I can see all of it now, but nobody's going to believe any of what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, we were together all the time. She fell in love with me. I fell in love with her. So it was amicable. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and I'm still head and hills over in love with this woman. Yeah. But what she did was change my outlook on women. And I'm going to say it this way, that no matter how pretty my wife was, there was always other women that cut your eye. So even if I didn't cheat, like, I never cheated on wife number two. But she always accused me of cheating. Yeah. All the time. And now, if you go with the biblical explanation of God, if you've looked on a woman with lust, yeah, then you have committed well, that, adultery. That's so, my thing. Like I'm, I mean, like I'm there. That's why she. I think that's why my wife trusts me so much is because I'm so honest with her. Because like I'm a guy and I am still attracted to other women. Women, and a lot of people get shocked when I say that. They they say, oh, "What are you doing?" And it's like, "Oh, dear God, I'm so sorry for telling the truth." Because most men probably are attracted to other women. But I will tell you another true statement here that will probably sound um, shocking, but it is the truth. I'd rather die than cheat on her. Now, because that woman has been nothing but loyal to me, and am I attracted to other women? Because that's another argument I make whenever someone's like, well, um, like in, in, the, or in regards to church and someone being lesbian or gay, right? And they say, well... Um, they should be able to do whatever they want and still be in the church and stuff like that. And I was like, well, if I was some sort of leader at the church, um, it's like, well, they, they can't help that they want to have sex with other women or other men, right? They can't help that they want to. And it's like, and it's like, well, okay, it should be okay for them, right? It's like, well, I want to have sex with other women, right? Is that okay? No, of course it's not okay. It's bad. It's, that, that's terrible. That's terrible, right, for me. But why is it okay for them? It doesn't make sense. Like, it's a now. Let me explain myself. I don't. Are you asking me in the worldly way, or are you asking me in the biblical way? Because yeah, in I the know. biblical way, it's all wrong. No, it it doesn't. It's not okay in society or anything for me to cheat on my wife. That would be bad. That'd be especially if if even if an atheist knew me and my wife's story and how much that woman's done for me. If I cheated on her, it doesn't matter if you believed in God or not. It would be wrong. Yes, it would be wrong because of what she's done. It would be wrong no matter what because so, of her loyalty. Any common decent person would understand that's wrong. So why is the other thing should be okay is what I'm trying to bring to. But anyway, so back to let, let's wrap your, your end of the story up. So you ended up, you and Darcy ended up coming to church because started going to church, right? It was at the end of my mom's life. Into your mom's life. Yeah, my grandmother had already passed away. My mom was, uh, had Alzheimer's and dementia. Do you remember the moment that you said that you said that like, I'm going to, um, I'm going to commit my life to God. Do you remember the moment? The men's retreat. About on this came, church? Yeah. We, Darcy and I started going to another church to start with. Yeah, I remember you told me that. And then my daughter moved back to take care of mom at the end of her life, and she came here. 
and we actually knew somebody from the church that I had talked about from 2000. Yeah. Um, so I came over here to try it out. I'm not going to get involved. I'm going to sit on the back row. And if mom can, I'm going to want to take her to church, which I took her to the other church a couple of times. Um, I ended up getting involved a lot. I ended up greeting. I mean, because Brian actually kind of pushed me toward the greeting part because that's what I was then. And I didn't realize the effect that it actually has on me. So I started stepping in and greeting, but the real change and the real commitment and the real dedication came after I went to a a men's retreat and I decided at that moment, I'm all in. I'm going to exchange everything that I was for the world. Because, I mean, man, everybody I invited to the bar, everybody I invited, come come try to beat me in a game of pool, okay? I mean, I that, probably that, could. that wasn't arrogant. That was truth. I probably could. We'll have to try that out. Darcy and I have not picked up a stick since we left the bar. So I definitely, well. I mean, we have sticks at the house. I'm not so that great I'm, either. So you know, just... They're sitting there. We haven't used them. Yeah. Um, I don't go back to any kind of type, type of bar situation at all. Uh, because I'm not going to go put my head back in the lion's mouth. No, yeah. But through that, I decided to be as loud for Christ as I am or I was for the world. And I intentionally wore this shirt here, okay? Your camera's right there. Yeah, I hope you can see that. Um, that's the Harley Davidson shirt. It's one of the very few that I still own. The reason I wore it today is because God started working with me on branding, that I had branded myself. And I'm like, but I go to church, and everybody knows I go to church, and I got a motorcycle, and I ride. I started a riding group here at the church, people that were Christians, and ride, you know, so we didn't go to bars. We rode to places to eat. I'm a, I'm a fat guy. I like to eat. Um, but God still said that I was branded because what people see is yeah. a Harley rider. Yeah. Right? And I, and I had the black Harley, the Ultra Classic, 2012, nice bike. Um, I was on it all the time and I had, I mean, everything I wore, if I wore an orange or black and my pastor is an OSU fan, it, it was mentioned several times. Cause back then I was an OU fan and OSU is, um, orange and black. And I would say, no, I don't wear that orange and black. I wear the Harley Davidson orange and black, you know, I'd yeah. it out. But when God started working with me on the branding that I was, that they did not see a biker that goes to church. They saw, I wanted to, okay, let me rephrase this. I didn't want to be known as a biker that went to church. I wanted to be known as a, as a. Godly biker. Yeah. Well, a, a, a guy that goes to church that rides a bike. Yeah. Well, what am I missing here? I'm, I'm missing the actual Christianity whole part of the whole thing, but I rebranded myself. I, if I'm wearing anything, I try to wear something that starts a conversation with somebody, and this shirt says Godfident. I'm confident in God and everything that I do. I can do nothing under my own power. I know that that's why that's why I feel I feel so confident that God um, selected um, you to be the co-host here, and why God you stood out so loud to me is because like we 
even though, and like, I don't, there's not a single person at this church that I disagree with how they approach their relationship with God. And I mean that a hundred percent, but not everyone here would have worked for this show. Not everyone would have worked for this show. And you were the only one that stood out to me because of what you said. You're so loud, you know? Um, well, you, they call me loud Larry here at the you, church. <laughs> you do have your own brand. You do have your own brand, which isn't like your your suit wearing Christian, which that's what's needed as well, especially if we're going to be talking to atheists a lot, you know, and you are your own, your own guy. You're not afraid to talk, even though this is scary. I get it. I get it. This is scary talking this, but you're not afraid to talk. So, okay. So I, I feel like we got the basics. Um, of, so that was about, um, I think it was, let's see, 17, September 17 of last year. No, September of 17, 2017. Oh, gotcha. Was when I went to the men's retreat. Okay. So we've got the basics of where you really started becoming a Christian. Um, And so we'll dive into me a little bit so the audience can get to know me just a little bit. I'm going to go real fast over mine because mine's pretty, pretty easy. Really, my testimony isn't, isn't that long. I wrote a, I wrote an email to the pastor about this because um, um, when I, so when I turned 18 years old, I had been going to church since I was a baby too, like pretty much zero to 18, like you said. And I got, I got saved, um, whenever I was, I think seven or eight years old. And I still have the video where I was like, you know, I went down, pastor hands you a pamphlet, read off of it. And then everybody's bawling and happy because now I have my, no matter what I do, I'm eternally secure now. Right. And hold on. I'm, I know I, I'm being facetious. I know. I, I mean, was just going to say that I probably married that yeah. as well. I was, I gave my heart to the Lord when I was yeah. a baby as well, or, you know, young. I'm being facetious. Okay, you got it. Okay, so I, I, I read off this pamphlet, and then I got baptized, and now that I'm eight, I can do whatever I want, and I'm eternally secure. That's what the message was in my church, right? Which, I got to tell you, man, the people I grew up with and the leaders I had at church, um, I think— I, I want to make it clear. I think they um, play a pivotal role on um, maybe laying a base or a groundwork of who I am in Christ now. Um, but they definitely weren't teaching. Okay, so here's when I turned 18, right? I moved away and I, I stopped going to church. But I, I actually started reading the Bible for myself. And I started reading in there. I'm going, whoa, wait a minute. Like... Like, this isn't the same thing that I learned growing up. This isn't the same thing, especially in the New Testament, right? Especially starting to read in the New Testament, like the book, I read the book of Hebrews, and I'm like, whoa, wait a second, like, like, this isn't good, man. Like, I need to, like, like, I'm abusing my own prescription medicine. I'm having sex with that, with whatever female I want to, whenever I want. And I think I'm eternally secure and stuff like that. And then I, I start reading the Bible for myself and I go, whoa, wait a second. Like what I'm reading out of here is there, I've actually got to do something. Right. So then I start struggling with sin a little bit. Right. But I was always, always half in, if half in, maybe a quarter in with God. Right. I try to quit something. And then I was in this like workspace salvation. Cause even though, even though that that you do need to be sanctified in Christ, but you have to devote your life to God and follow in his plan, right? You have to follow the will of God. Um, 
it still isn't you. It's not by your works that you're saved. Your works are like dirty, dirty rags. So I, I know that there's nothing that I did to get saved, but you still have to follow the will of God. And you still have to be led by the Holy Spirit or, or you're not saved. I'll just say that right now. I'm not afraid to say it. Or you're not saved. You cannot do whatever the heck you want and expect to go up to heaven and be saved at the end of the day. It says in the Bible that the road to God is narrow. Narrow. Very narrow. It's narrow. And it's hard. And um, I mean, I, I left my book of life in the other pants and, and my other pants, and I'm still not sure if. Say the rest of that, though. What now? But it's a wide road to damnation. That's what I'm saying. Like, and so I'm, um, I am working out my salvation every day with God right now. That's what I'm doing. So, anyway, so but I never fully committed until literally December of last year. And I tell you this from my point of view, I, I rode off churches entirely. I did. I never was going to go to a church again, and then. I dang sure wasn't going to tithe or do anything. I dang sure didn't believe in tithing, right? Well, in December, I decided to fully commit to God and decided to, I started listening to Dr. Charles Stanley. And Dr. Charles Stanley is um, very big on um, how to listen to the Holy Spirit and how to be guided by the Holy Spirit in your everyday life, walking with God in your everyday life. And so I started listening to that and I said, oh, like, there's a way to actually listen and be guided by the Holy Spirit every day. So I decided to start doing that. Well, the Holy Spirit started telling me lots of things very quickly, like things to quit quit and stuff, which it was very much more active um, talking to me than he is now. Or maybe he's not, and I'm just not listening for certain things. Like, overwhelmed me with things I needed to do right then. Made me quit nicotine gum. Made me quit regular gum. Made me quit um, kratom. Made me quit... Um, testosterone replacement there. I mean, maybe quit a bunch of stuff that didn't make sense. But if I, if I made that commitment, which since then he's allowed me to add a few of those medical things back in, um, which thank God for that, but not everything, not everything. Like there's some stuff that stays gone. And so, um, so, um, from there, I actually, uh, I just, I decided to listen to it and I listened to everything that it told me to everything that the Holy Spirit told me to stop. I listened to everything. And then in February, Holy Spirit tells me, you're going to go to church. I was praying on my bathroom floor, by the way. That's where I used to pray. Now that, but I would actually like sneak pray. I don't know why, but I would never even, I don't even know if you, if my wife knew that I pray, but I prayed since we've known each other. Even when I didn't go to church, I pray in my bathroom. So your bathroom was your prayer closet. Yeah, but I prayed in secret. I would, I would sometimes I'd be in there on my knees. Probably she probably thought I was just taking a really long, you know, number two or something. And um, what I was doing was laying on the bathroom floor, praying out to God and asking for forgiveness. Well, I've told her about some dreams and stuff. She always knew I believed in God, but I just never committed. Right, never. Um, well, I had committed, and I was on the bathroom floor and I was praying, and I heard very clear, clearly from God. He was like, um you need to pick a church to go to and you need to pick it now. I'm like, okay. Well, and then I came between these two churches, the church we go to now and another church. And then I put a heart next to one because I read a review about where pastor Kevin, um, helped some, uh, helped a guy, he, uh, the guy that was writing the review, um, was saying that pastor Kevin helped him find his, um, God given spiritual talent. 
And so that appealed to me greatly because like you said, we have both been praying for a purpose from God. And that's more means more than me than any dollar amount or anything I could have is I pray for purpose, right? And so I was at a job at that time and I really started getting attacked by the devil whenever I decided to commit to going to church. And I picked this church. And God said, not only are you going to church, but you're going to tithe 10%. So God was giving me all these challenges that I said I would never do um, to do right away. And so that's where we're at now. In March, I walked through the doors of this church, and I've been through, I've been in here like um, just, I think I've missed, what have we, we've missed like two Wednesdays, and we've missed like two Sundays since March. And I've tied 10% of every dollar we make. Um, now we own our own roofing company since then. Um, um, we're, we definitely struggle a lot more with our mental battles and stuff like that because the devil really attacks us. And that's why I think that we may be like super onto something because the devil really, really attacks us. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. And if he doesn't attack you, that's because he's not yeah. worried about you. So in full transparency, um, in full transparency, I would still consider myself maybe like a teenage Christian. And I was telling my wife this the other day. Um, cause uh, the way I am as a Christian kind of reminds myself of the way I was whenever I was a teenager, because I, in the world, I have grown up quite a bit and there's a lot of things that I don't do anymore, but I still remember. But being a newer Christian reminds me of the way I was when I was a teenager, because I remember whenever I was a teenager, um, and my parents wouldn't let me do something right, but I really wanted to do it. Well, I couldn't yell at my parents cause I'd get smashed, right? I'd get thrown through a window or something. My dad was crazy, dude. Like I couldn't do it, right? So I couldn't get I couldn't show my emotions like greatly then or I get I get beat up, you know. I mean not like abuse. He wasn't abusive, but I would have got spanked or something, you know, I'll get a discipline. Which very rightly so I would do the same thing to my kids if they threw a fit. So I'd go up to my room and I'd put my face in a pillow and I'd scream. I'd be like I would cuss. I would do everything. I was so mad that they wouldn't let me do what I was gonna do, right? I do that same thing now. Like, well, I don't, I don't go scream in a pillow, but I throw little mini fits if I don't get my way, if things don't go my way. And guess what? I think God's just showing, like, almost never gives me the way I want. Okay, first of all, I'm going to, God blesses me. God blesses me and makes my life easier than probably most people's, but it's never my way. It's always his way. And I throw little mini fits about it whenever I think things aren't going right. And I throw these little mini fits like I did when I was a teenager, so... So in full transparency, I'm not like the, um, I'm not the big grown up Christian. So, um, don't expect me to be giving you tons of advice unless it is uh, completely led by the Holy spirit. Larry's a little more experienced. Um, we do believe that this podcast is ordained by God. So we are not afraid to be stepping off into this, but we are nervous because we know that on our own power, this is going to be nothing. Absolutely. So we, and we fully understand that. I've been reading books on Christian apologetics though lately, not so I can debate, but, um, yeah. So we are going to need, we are going to need, um, to let, that's our goal is for atheists to start coming on here. And so we're asking you, if you are an atheist, please, um, email us at info at helpmyunbelief.org. Email us there. Um, and we can have a phone conversation with you when we're recording the podcast or anything. And like I said, it could be anything. And I need your help too. Um, I know you don't hang around with a bunch of atheists, but I need your help if you can if you can find an atheist or anything. So yeah, I need your help in 
finding atheists to come on because we're gonna we're gonna try to have a guest on every week um, to tell us their story or maybe even a prior atheist and stuff like that. Like that's what we're wanting. And we are if if we can figure out how to get an, a third guy in here from our church. We're going to maybe have some of our pastoral staff on to come and talk to us. Maybe some um, some of our friends from our church and stuff like that. But I mean, I want to talk to I want to talk to hookers that don't believe. I want to talk to prostitutes, which I think that's the same thing. Um, I want to talk to drug dealers. I want to talk to um, I want to talk to just the people in the world that that just don't believe or at least acting like they don't believe. Because if you're acting like you don't believe, you may not believe just because of what comes out of your mouth. Your actions is what's important, right? Amen. Faith without actions is dead. Yes. But I'm so excited, man, and I know you are too. And I think this is gonna, I think this is gonna be um, a big deal, even if one person comes to know God because of something we did. Yeah, I completely agree with that. So, um, thank you everybody for listening, especially for you special ones that listen all the way to the end. Tell your friends about this, share this, like it, whatever you could do, share this um, out to the world to help us get the word out. And thank you. And you will hear more of our stories as we go along. We just didn't go fully in detail today because we didn't want to have two hours a piece or whatever to do. He it, didn't so. know my story was that long, but I'm twice as old as he is. I know there was a couple more things I wanted to dive into there, but I was like, well, I, we can't do that today. But um, thank you for listening to the whole show. And um, so this this show is going to drop every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Um, and so it's going to be on whatever platform that you listen to podcasts. If it's not on the platform that you listen to, um, shoot me an email and I will get it on whatever platform you listen to. So anyway, thank you for listening to the Help My Unbelief podcast. And we're out. Thank you so much for listening to the Help My Unbelief podcast. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And more importantly, tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. for new episodes.